two, three, break. Down the middle of the field, it is caught. Loose football. Who's got it? Down at the one-yard line. How about that? That is the ultimate kibosh. (laughs) (laughs) And we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. It is the Conference Championship Wednesday show. I am Matthew Friedman, the Editor-in-Chief of Fantasy Labs. And here with me are Ian Hardis, Peter Jennings, and Sean Corner. Ian is the Director of the Fantasy Labs NFL Platform and an Action Network NFL Analyst. Peter is a Fantasy Labs co-founder and two-time DFS World Champion. And Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics and one of the top in-season fantasy pros rankers for the past half decade. You can follow them in the Action app, the Action Network app at iHeartIt's CSURAM88 and the underscore oddsmaker. Use the app to get real-time NFL odds and track your bets. Guys, only two games left before the Super Bowl, if, of course, you don't count the Pro Bowl, which no one ever should. But anyway, we're going to look at the guys who right now are popping in our pro models. We're going to think about some players we might want to fade, some teams we would maybe be looking to stack. And then each of us is going to give our favorite bet of the week, and we're going to make some NFL props. As you are listening to the show, please rate and review the Action Network NFL podcast on iTunes. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. And for all of our written content, go to the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. You can get our weekly fantasy rankings at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy. Okay, guys, let's start looking at the pro models. And regardless of which version of the model you are looking at, there is really only one quarterback who is standing out, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Ian, I want to get your thoughts on this. is he the guy that you were kind of looking to lock in or does any one of the other three quarterbacks catch your eye? I'm fine locking in Mahomes, especially at this price. I mean, this is the cheapest we've seen him since the, uh, really the second week of October when he was playing the Jaguars and everyone was kind of still thinking all these defenses uh, matter more than ever. But now we got a situation where he just played, you know, the Colts most zone heavy team in the league, you know, fifth best team and explosive uh, pass play rate allowed. Now we got Patriots defense that runs the most man coverage in the league, and they were 15th in explosive uh, pass play rate allowed. So I think we all remember kind of Mahomes dicing up that secondary the entire second half. It's just hard to run uh, with these receivers for 64 minutes. But the big uh, differentiator for me with Mahomes versus these other quarterbacks is he at least gives you some rushing floor. I mean, Mahomes has 280 rushing yards this year. Goff, Breeze, and Brady have only combined for 176. So, you know, you might get the Drew Brees leap touchdown at the goal line uh, every now and again. But Mahomes is the only guy that can actually kind of move and give you that uh, upside on the ground as well. So, you know, best offense. And I, I think just having that extra element, he, he's a lock play for me. Sean, I'd like to get your thoughts uh, because right now the reason in part why Mahomes is popping so much on our models is because he has the highest projection, the highest medium projection, the highest ceiling projection. Uh, he had a good real-life game last week but not a good fantasy game um what are your thoughts and then of course right now he is facing the Patriots uh he's faced them once before I'm curious if you have any thoughts as to uh what we might see out of the Patriots defense in terms of seeing him a second time whether they game plan differently and whether that could impact his projection at all but what are your thoughts on Mahomes? yeah so right now in the models uh, I haven't projected for three points higher than the next guy Drew Brees um, you know, he's a lock for cash games for me this week. Uh, last week, his box score was pretty disappointing, but the Chiefs led that game almost, you know, from the get-go. So they didn't really need Mahomes to, to throw as much. Um, you know, I can't recommend any other quarterbacks because I'd be recommending half the field here. So I'm all in on Mahomes. And I think the one thing um, I'm hoping for, I, you know, the weather forecast could be ugly, and I'm hoping that actually lowers 
his ownership percentage. Uh, I think people might shy away and maybe go to the dome game. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get Mahomes lower owned than he should be this week. But um, I don't see any reason to to bank on him, um, you know, coming back here and throwing for multiple touchdowns against this path defense that, you know, I think is too slow to keep up with guys like uh, Damian and Tyreek. So I, I love Mahomes here. All right, Pete, what do you think? Yeah, obvious spot in Mahomes. I mean, I don't really need to say more about him. I do think in tournaments, my favorite play is going to be Drew Brees. Um, I really think he makes a lot of sense given his ownership relative to what I think will be a really chalky Mahomes. You know, the downside is since Ingram's come back, they've been much of a more run-heavy team. However, against this Rams defense, uh, and if the Rams put pressure on the Saints, we could see Brees throwing a lot more. And uh, he did have a lot of yards last game, just not the touchdowns. So I, I'm pretty high on Brees as a pivot. I think you'll get him at, at least half the ownership, maybe more. Uh, maybe like a third of the ownership of Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, I think Mahomes is clearly the cash game quarterback and, and he'll have a lot of exposure too in most formats. But for tournaments, I think it's worth bringing up Breeze. All right, so uh, I'm curious, Pete. One of the guys standing out in our model is Alvin Kamara. You've been a uh, Kamara backer basically since he exited college. Uh, he's one of the guys in the mid-range. Uh, what are your thoughts on – I'm assuming if you are going with Breeze – in GPPs, you would potentially be stacking him with Kamara, but where does Kamara kind of fall into your hierarchy of running backs? Yeah, I think he's he's up there. Uh, I, I prefer Damian Williams still. Uh, Sony Michelle was incredible. Uh, amazing start to the year last week. Michelle, 20% owned uh, in a lot of these FanDuel tournaments, 7% on the two-day, uh, which is amazing. So um, – I think people might chase the points now, and I like the spot a lot less. I think it's more of a James White game potentially with game flow versus Michelle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to go to Gurley uh, even after the C.J. Anderson thing. I think running back is by far the most interesting position to me. Uh, Damian Williams is probably my favorite play. After that, I, I do like James White quite a bit. Uh, curious, Sean, what your opinion on uh, Gurley is with C.J. Anderson. Getting more rush attempts, but uh, Gurley was still on the field more. Yeah, so um, I'll bring that up in my pivot section. But, you know, Gurley's too expensive to consider in cash because, like you mentioned, that C.J. Anderson presence, I mean, it, you know, a lot of credit goes to the offensive line there, but he did look good. Um, I, I can't imagine they don't just, you know, pound it with Gurley in this this spot, um, especially in the playoffs. So Gurley's an interesting guy. I, I think uh, I'm going to be basically targeting Gurley and GBPs, but avoiding completely in cash. Um, because of that. I think Gurley's going to be under on this week. Um, he's the guy that I don't see people spending up um, when you could get Mahomes and Kelsey and like that. So I think Gurley could be a way to be uh, contrarian by uh, spending up. Ian, uh, what are your thoughts uh, right now? So at the high end, Gurley is standing out in our models. In the mid-range, we have Kamara and Damian Williams. Uh, and then James White uh, kind of on the lower end of the salary spectrum uh, out of those guys. Who do you yeah. like? I'm with Sean here. Just Gurley just seems a little too expensive considering we're looking at similar kind of projected snap counts for Kamara and Williams at this point. Uh, I mean, Gurley did outsnap CJ Anderson 45 to 34 last week. You know, I, I wouldn't think this will be the same type of game flow where they're able to kind of just pound CJ Anderson away at the line, but he is playing well. And it'd also be surprising if they completely uh, relegate him back to the bench. Uh, my, my biggest problem with Gurley is just we haven't seen the same uh, receiving floor kind of in the second half of the season that we kind of grew used to. Uh, he's had three or fewer receptions in five of his last six games. I believe in the first matchup against the Saints, uh, he only had six catches for 11 yards. So it wasn't really a good spot for him there. So uh, he did have, you know, 68 yards and a rushing touchdown against the Saints. But 
uh, it just seems like a spot where, you know, they're going to have to at least be throwing in if Gurley's not going to be the major part of the passing game like we kind of saw last year. I'm not so uh, far in on him. The guy I do think that can really kill it in the receiving game is Damian Williams. I mean, what's the strategy the Chiefs have done each of their last two matchups against the Patriots? They have killed them with Kareem Hunt in the passing game. I mean, he totaled 23 catches, I'm sorry, two, uh, 10 catches, 203 yards, and three touchdowns as only a receiver in two games against the Patriots. We've seen Damian Williams have plenty of chemistry with Mahomes. He's caught 23 of 24 targets this season for 160 yards and two touchdowns through the air. So, I mean, might not be as dynamic as Hunt as a downfield receiver. I get that. But slow-moving Patriots linebackers, I mean, I feel like we've been kind of calling this out all season. And Andy Reid's really been the premier play caller to take advantage of that in recent history. So, uh, love me all of Damian Williams. And quickly on Kamara, you know, we did see his Rams defense kind of shut down Zeke last week, which I was surprised of. But it makes a lot more sense that Kamara and the Saints will be better at kind of getting to the edge, uh, kind of getting outside and getting that part of the running game involved than the Cowboys were. So I'm a little more optimistic uh, in this rebound spot for him. Yeah, uh, big Damian Williams fan. Uh, liked him a lot in college. Uh, underrated producer at Oklahoma. Uh, and then I think, I mean, obviously, based on what he's done now, very underutilized in his four years with Miami. Um, so a lot of potential with him this week. At wide receiver, it's uh, two guys at the top, Michael Thomas and Tyree Kill, both of them very dynamic. Uh, and then in the mid-range, we have Julian Edelman coming off a really big week. And then the two Rams receivers, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Ian, out of those five guys, is there someone in particular you really like? I think Edelman right now is the guy that's sticking out to me at that uh, price. You know, obviously Mike Thomas, Tyreek, hard to argue with what those guys are capable of. But we've seen Edelman getting out 29 targets in three games without Josh Gordon. I mean, even with uh, James White getting everything he could handle, he's still number two during that stretch. And also, I think without having Gordon, they're forced to use Edelman a little more aggressively than we're used to seeing. He had 151 yards last week. That's tied a career high. I mean, I think sometimes Edelman unfairly gets treated as this slot receiver that really doesn't ever stretch the field. But we saw him making, uh, you know, several kind of contested catches, 20-plus yards downfield last week. And also, you know, I know Sean might have a prop about this a little later, but I do love Edelman's potential in these playoff games, you know, getting a pass, you know, running one of these trick plays. The guy averages around 10 rush attempts a year. He's returning punts. There's just a lot of side, you know, potential for Edelman to get a weird touchdown in this game. So at that price and his target share, uh, I'll take it, even if Kendall Fuller is the Chiefs, you know, best cornerback. Okay, Sean, how many passing uh, touchdowns do you have Julian Edelman projected for this week? passing touchdowns yeah yeah. hey that's that's more than zero (laughs) yeah uh what do you think about wide receiver sean yeah so the guy i'm keying in right now is robert woods he's the top of my model um you know he has probably the best matchup against pj williams in the slot so um you know i'm thinking the rams they won't be able to just pound it with Gurley and cj anderson this week they're gonna have to throw it they're likely going to be down i think um I, i do like the saints here so i think this is a big woods game um, so I'm going to have a lot of him. Um, you know, Ian mentioned it to Edelman. Um, I think he's going to have a huge week, although it's, you know, it's going to be hard to sneak him in when he had a ceiling game last week. So I think he's going to be pretty chalky. Um, and then farther down, um, I do like Sammy Watkins at 4K. It, it seems like the Chiefs waited until he was close to 100%. He looked pretty good last week. So, um, you know, he might be one of the guys that I'll, I'll save money on by, um, you know, he's 4K. So, um, he's a good pump play. But other than that, uh, it's, you know, pretty straight up. And again, Michael Thomas is super expensive this week. But man, you have to jam him in. Um, he's he's my top ranked uh, receiver this week, to no surprise. But um, yeah, I, I like Michael Thomas in this spot as well. Love what Sean just said. I think uh, Michael Thomas clearly at the top. Uh, amazing. I said name a better receiver than Michael Thomas on Twitter. 
and the responses are uh, are pretty nice. One guy who showed up consistently, which I'm actually on your side with Friedman, I would say the most popular answer is Antonio Brown is better. Michael Thomas, in my opinion, is yeah. clearly better than Antonio Brown. Yeah. So I got OBJ over both. I think my rankings would go Julio, given if he's 100%, and then it's close with Thomas and OBJ and Hopkins. Those are I'm, a, I'm a Hopkins guy. Yeah, I like, I, think those are, I think those are the clear four, and then there's a, a drop-off after that. Yeah, I mean, I think we can say all four of those guys are clearly better than Antonio Brown. I mean, <laughs> I agree with that. Ron. And then we, yeah. can, we can throw Tyreek Hill in there if we want. Tyreek Hill, I was going to say, is in that Ooh. next tier for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this week, I mean, we have a lot of good options. I totally agree on the Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins call. I think Watkins is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Definitely looking at him to save, played a ton of snaps. Uh, and then the one other guy that hasn't really been talked about – that makes sense, does draw a tougher matchup, most likely, is Brandon Cooks. We have a revenge game here for Brandon Cooks going back to New Orleans. He used to have pretty severe splits playing indoors, which makes sense given the type of player he is, but uh, Lattimore had an unbelievable game, and I retweeted uh, what Ian put out, a great stat uh, with Goff splits uh, with and without Cooper Cup, and then if you add in the home road splits, uh, it's, it's hard to be optimistic, but I think game flow could work in their favor, and Brandon Cooks will probably be pretty low-owned. I think people will click on Edelman and some of these other options uh, over Cooks. All right, let's uh, close it out here with tight end. I mean, there, there's this, there's one guy, uh, and then there's the human husk of another guy. Uh, we have Kelsey at the top of the model, uh, and then Gronk as someone in, in the mid-range who is popping in a couple of our models. Pete, I want to kick it to you here. What are you doing at tight end? Kelsey's a lock. I mean, I don't know how you don't play Kelsey. He's probably my number one priority uh, with Mahomes in terms of where I'm starting my cash games. I should say Mahomes, Damian Williams, Kelsey, I think is the, is the core you want to build around for cash. The drop-off is just so massive with Kelsey, and he's cheaper than Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill and all these other guys that are the top in receivers. And just in terms of raw projections, uh, I have him really close. I think he's going to just go completely off in this game. Uh, New England has really slow linebackers. They could choose to double cover him, which would be the only downside from him in this game other than an injury. Uh, in which case all these other guys are just going to go ham. But uh, I don't think the Patriots have any solution for him. Uh, in tournaments, I mean, I don't hate the pivot to Gronk, and, and it's just total trash after that. Uh, I played Gerald Everett uh, on the main slate, and that did not work out last week. Um, and Gronkowski, uh, my favorite bet of the weekend in the Sports Bay Championship were some Gronk unders. Um, Sean, any, any chance you played Gronk or anyone else other than Kelsey? Uh, nope. Uh, like you said, I, I've been messing around with Gerald Everett for a few weeks now, and that has not panned out. I don't think he has a catch in the past uh, two, three games. So um, I'm sure he'll go off this week. But no, I, I think this is a week just to load up on Kelsey. Um, you know, for tournaments, you know, GPPs, you can try to figure out which tight end from the, uh, the Rams-Saints game might score a touchdown or something. Um, but for cash, there's absolutely no reason to go away from Kelsey. Um, and, you know, Gronk's cheap enough. We have to consider him. But, man, he just looks done. I, I was calling him, like, Herman Munster. Um, he looks just so uncoordinated. Just, you know, he's still physically a monster. But um, unless he scores a touchdown, there's absolutely no way he's going to hit value. Yeah, He's still a good blocker, too, at this point in his career, uh, which is where the Patriots have been leveraging him. He could fall into the end zone. But, yeah, the back injuries and everything else, he just can't move. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if we want to write him off because, you know, this is a hashtag retirement game for him, you know, potentially. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Uh, Worked out for Gates in the retirement game. Yeah, no no joke. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, now he wants to come back in 2019, but that's that's just how it works. Um, Ian, I, I kind of want your football perspective on, on Travis Kelsey. 
So uh, like, what, what are the Patriots going to do to try to stop these weapons? Um, they have to respect the run game with Damian Williams. They have to respect the deep game with Tyree Kill. Sammy Watkins isn't someone they can entirely ignore. Um, but of course, they can't ignore Kelsey either. So like defensively, how do they try to stop these guys? And, and like, who do they scheme to take away? So when they played earlier this year, they had Stefan Gilmore track uh, Sammy Watkins on the outside, which makes sense. Uh, less kind of sn- uh, slot snaps and Tyreek and just the bigger receiver that Gilmore is kind of better uh, inclined to fit with. So we're expecting J.C. Jackson and McCourty on Tyreek. I mean, you know, they gave him a ton of safety help in that first matchup. I saw a good uh, one of the Patriots beat writers did a nice film review of kind of how they were trying to handle Tyreek and Mahomes last time around. But, you know, everything's fine until one play McCourty doesn't cover his zone correctly. And then Ty Freak's gone for a 70 yard touchdown. So it seems like they've, they have kind of focused on Kelsey though in these past matchups. I mean, last three times Kelsey's played New England, six catches, 23 yards, zero touchdowns, 40 yards, zero touchdowns, 61 yards, zero touchdowns. So I, I know it's been setting up as a good matchup, but it does seem like Belichick's identified him as the guy to stop. And because of that, we've seen Ty Freak just go absolutely bonkers. I mean, 275 yards and four receiving touchdowns in two games. I mean, that's absurd. So it makes you think that this time around, Belichick will say, you know, there's no way we can let Tyreek beat us. But I don't know, man. It's, it's just so much speed on this offense. You know, maybe a defense that doesn't have that speed like the Patriots just isn't built that well to stop them consistently. So it's I'm interested to see how they stop it because I think right now when you do have Watkins, you have, you have Kelsey, you had you had Tyreek. I mean, there really isn't a good answer for how to stop this type of offense. I think we've seen that play out for most of the season. So I'm excited to see what happens. You know, Chiefs did only score nine points in that first half against the Patriots last time. So uh, at the very least, maybe uh, if you're feeling confident about the Patriots defense, put something down in that first half under because I think uh, 60 minutes is just too long to keep those guys in check. So even with Kelsey uh, not having fantastic performances previously against the Patriots, you're still locking him in, though, I'm assuming. Yeah, I still love it. I mean, yeah. like la- la- last week, too, even against the Colts, I mean, there's some stats that said he wasn't that good against zone. But when the guy's getting nine-plus targets a game, it's hard to complain too much about the matchup. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the Colts, I mean, they were giving up the most receiving yards in the league to tight ends entering right. the game. Like, it's, you know. Like, you can say what you want about zone defense, but if they're that horrible against tight ends and Kelsey's the best tight end in the league, probably a good matchup. Um, Let's talk about some of the high-priced guys or some guys who might be popular that we might be interested in fading. Uh, Sean, I want to kick it to you. Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier. I think I'm going to be fading C.J. Anderson in GPPs. Um, He's up to 5K now. I think he's going to be pretty popular after last week. I mean, how could you not – um, want some exposure to that, but um, I'm going to pivot to Todd Gurley, and I think spending up to get him this week, um, I'm hoping he's going to be under-owned, but I think this is a Todd Gurley game where, um, you know, the Rams will probably be trailing most of the game, so they can't just pound it with um, CJ and Todd, so, um, and, you know, Ian mentioned it earlier, uh, Gurley hasn't been really involved in the pass game lately, so I hope that changes um, if they get down, you know, dump-offs to Gurley, um, I, I just think this is a spot to, you know, be somewhat contrarian by spending up to, to take Gurley and fading C.J. Anderson in the process. Pete, any thoughts on who you might be looking to get away from? Yeah, I was going to say C.J. Anderson as well. Uh, I just don't think it's a, a great spot for him. Uh, Todd Gurley, they are talking a lot about the cardio issue. He looked good to me relatively. Obviously, it was discouraging that he wasn't on the field as much as I anticipated, but um, I think Todd Gurley is still a better player. I think C.J. Anderson is a nice change of pace for them, and He's running well. I mean, C.J. Anderson, 
everyone just hates on him because he's fat and doesn't look like he should be a great running back. But he's been effective everywhere he's gone, uh, except, yeah, I mean, Carolina this year just wasn't given an opportunity because McCaffrey was so successful. So uh, I'm a believer in C.J. Anderson's talent, but I think they should be using Todd Gurley, and I'm expecting them to have to throw more in this game. So uh, I'm not going to be playing much C.J. Anderson. And then I was all in on Michelle last week, but I, I think I will be fading him for the most part in favor of James White builds, uh, hoping that that game starts off with Kansas City getting a lead and New England having to pass from behind. Yeah, I know Pete mentioned Brandon Cooks earlier as a nice GPP play, but I'm probably just still going to be under-owned uh, to him relative to the field. Uh, you know, we have seen these big indoor-outdoor splits throughout his career, but I think that's more just kind of the uh, Superdome effect when he was still in New Orleans. I mean, we've seen him go for – 35 scoreless yards against Zona, 62 scoreless yards against the Lions in his last two games indoors. Yes, he did go for a buck 15 and touchdowns last game against New Orleans, but you know that was earlier in the season. I think that Saints secondary, as they've grown accustomed uh, to more Eli Apple, have really been playing at a high level for a while now. Uh, expecting him to run most of his routes at Marshawn Lattimore, who you know we saw last week and really second half of the season just being playing at a very uh, very high level and as Pete mentioned earlier man these Cooper Cup splits with him with I'm sorry Jared Goff splits with and without Cooper Cup are just bonkers at this point I mean he was averaging 330 passing yards per game in eight games with Cup without he's all the way down to 249 all his rates are getting slashed big time I mean the the home and away splits I mean I, I was kind of riding those last week thinking he'd uh, come back and be able to have a nice game against that Cowboys secondary but it just makes sense that, you know, his most reliable, kind of most efficient receiver, take him out of the offense, he's going to struggle. So I'm just uh, – I'm going to be on the Saints, I think, overall in this game because I just have uh, too many questions about this Rams passing game. Okay, well, I think that's a, a good uh, point to transition, uh, thinking about the teams that we might be looking to stack. Obviously, there are only two games, so it's not as if uh, there's a lot that you can do that's sort of contrarian in a way. Uh, by by going with any particular team. But we have the, the Rams at the Saints. That game is uh, – right now at 57 points for the over-under. Uh, the Pats and Chiefs, that game right now is 55 points. Uh, it opened at 59 and a half, but uh, very quickly moved down from there. And really kind of the first number that lots of people would have been able to grab is 57 and a half, but uh, it's continued to move down. And there are definitely weather concerns with that game. Ian, you've mentioned uh, you were thinking that you might be kind of more on the Saints in, uh, in this, uh, this slate. Can you talk about uh, them or about any of the other teams that you might be looking to stack and, and maybe kind of like the ways that you're thinking about doing that? Yeah, one thing with the Saints is uh, if you want to look at that offense, we have basically our, I think, cheapest viable play in Keith Kirkwood, who is their slot receiver. And he's stayed in that role since Ginn came back. I mean, he's played 64% of their snaps in week 16, this divisional round game where we've seen uh, kind of them be at full strength in the receiving core. So Traquan Smith has been, uh, that odd man out, you know, it's not a super high ceiling play, but he does get some end zone targets and 3,200, you know, it gives us a lot of flexibility elsewhere. Uh, one thing I am keeping in mind for this small slate, I mean, you just got to hope something crazy happens sometimes. So get some exposure to these uh, double dip opportunities. We got Tyree Kill. He's, you know, the Chiefs uh, punt returner. Avin Kamara is the Saints kick returner. Edelman is the uh, Patriots punt returner and even Cordero Patterson, baby. He's the uh, Patriots kick returner as well. So I, I don't know if you're feeling crazy enough to play Cordero this week, but just keep in mind that, uh, you know, a uh, return touchdown can completely swing a small slate like this. Sean, where might you be looking to stack? Yeah. So Ian actually stole my thunder. Cause I was going to talk about some of the, the returner and defense stacks that you could uh -huh. do, uh, but also, also, you know, don't be afraid to play a few or, you know, one to two guys against your defense um we were talking about before the show but this you know the defense is 
are all super uh, low projected this week. Um, you, you know, they're all going to allow probably 25 plus points, not going to be very many sacks, not going to be very many turnovers. So, you know, we, we kind of have to get those random touchdowns. And I think, you know, a special teams touchdown, especially with a guy like a Tyree kill. Um, if, if you stack him with the Chiefs defense, I think that would be a sneaky way to sort of stack on this uh, smaller slate. All right, Pete, uh, where might you be looking to stack? So I like the Saints, like I mentioned. Uh, I think people are, are going to be on that. You know, a full-blown game stack of Kansas City uh, and New England makes sense. I think Mahomes is the chalkier option with more equity, but could go Brady. I mean, a Brady-White-Edelman team could make a lot of sense. Maybe you throw in a fourth wide receiver. But, yeah, it's, it's a tricky slate because there's so limited options. And I think all the stacks make sense. The least amount of equity, and I don't know if it'll be the least ownership, is going to be the golf stacks. But um, – yeah, I think, I think I'll end up having a lot of these Kansas City-New England game stacks and hope we see something uh, like we saw earlier in the year in New England. Okay, let's uh, get to the, the bold picks section of the show. Maybe not even bold picks, but favorite picks. Uh, one for real life and one for fantasy. And Ian, let's start with you. Real life, Saints beat the Rams by at least a touchdown going back to the Super Bowl. I think they're the most complete team in the league. Again, just, you know, I think Goff's the worst quarterback remaining here. You know, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I think, uh, you know, he played pretty bad last week and they were able to hand the ball to Gurley and CJ, you know, 39 times and pretty much control the entire game that way. I think uh, he'll have to do a lot more this week to get a win. And, you know, I'll take Drew Brees uh, when it comes down to that. DFS, yeah, I got Julian Edelman finishing this week as the wide receiver one. He's scoring a receiving touchdown and another type of touchdown. I don't know yet. I don't know which one yet, but it's going to happen. Y'all can thank me when it does. So, Edelman and the Saints. Let's get it, guys. Okay, Sean, what you got? Uh, so for real life, um, I'm going with this Casey New England game going over 60 points. Um, so I've been tracking the, the betting market. It's dropping right now due to weather. Um, understandably, you know, if, if there's going to be a ton of snow, I think, you know, we could see the total drop to maybe 53. Um, and then at that point, I'll come in on the over. John Ewing did a pretty good piece on this um, on Action Network, um, analyzing, um, you know, over-unders and playoffs uh, with weather. Um, and I, I do think that the public tends to overreact to these types of situations. So, um, you know, both offenses should be able to still move the ball um, in potential snow. So I'm taking uh, over 60 points in that game as my bold call. Um, and then for DFS, uh, my bold call is Jared Goff is going to be the top scoring quarterback. Um, all four quarterbacks are, are pretty good. So um, I, I think he's going to be a little under own. He's the cheapest one. So I could see them trailing and him needing to throw most of the game. Um, and also be looking uh, if, you know, the sports books are offering most yardage props again this week. Um, I, I'd be looking to take him potentially at five or six to one. Um, we'll see if they do that. But um, I think Jared Goff has a sneaky uh, spot here to, um, you know, throw a ton. I think I'm with you guys on a lot of these. It's just, it's a, it's a tough, it's tough this week to find the pivots that are going to make a lot of sense here. Um, so that, that's, that's the main thing I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and maybe we'll get into some of this prop stuff. Curious what you guys think. Is there, is there before we get into Sean's props, if you had to throw like a dark horse, really cheap guy, I think we all agree Watkins is probably the best guy, uh, like at 4K or less. But if you had to throw a dart throw, would it be a Dorsett, Corderell Patterson? I know, Ian, you mentioned Cook Kirkwood. Is there anyone that you guys like really cheap? Maybe if you got really sneaky, you could go to, uh, you know, like a Rex Burkhead, I guess, at the running back position. Is there any of these like super punts that you guys are comfortable with? I mean, Ted Ginn might be someone. He was uh, at least targeted and targeted pretty deep. 
Um, so like, you know, Josh Hermsmeyer for 538, uh, you know, he has the air yards model. It wouldn't be surprising if uh, Ted Ginn ended up kind of popping in the air yards model this week. I think he's someone who has some upside. Like they, well, how many targets was it? Was it like seven, something like that? Like they, I mean, they wanted to get him the ball. Like he was kind of integrated into the game plan right away. He just didn't catch a lot of passes, but that's just kind of how it is with him. But uh, yeah, I think he has a lot of upside. Yeah, I'm a Freeman. I'm curious to see uh, what Levitan's ownership projections show with uh, Watkins versus Ginn. But first play of the game, I mean, Ginn had a couple steps on the guy and Breeze just didn't quite put enough on the ball. So he's always got, you know, that 70-yard touchdown upside. And, I mean, if you if you look at Breeze's uh, correlations in our uh, Fantasy Labs NFL models, I mean, Ginn's easily his kind of uh, top receiver. So if you want to go all in on a Breeze game, you know, you pr- probably got bank on Ginn getting loose at least once. So definitely like him if you're looking at the Saints. Yeah, my guy, um, you mentioned him, but Rex Burkhead at running back, super cheap. Um, he, he got that uh, six-yard touchdown last week. But, you know, with, with a small sale like this, if there's any sort of um, reason for James White or Sony Michelle to leave the game, uh, Burkhead would benefit. And, you know, if you've been playing DFS long enough, you know, any slate never goes according to plan. So um, Burkhead could be, you know, the reason for that. So I, I think he, he'd be a sneaky guy to just have just in case something crazy happens to either running back um, – and, you know, he's 3,400, so you can spend up everywhere else. So I think Burkhead might be a, an interesting uh, flyer this week. Okay, so it seems as if Pete uh, really deftly sidestepped having to give any bold, uh, bold predictions by asking us questions. Uh, Pete, All right, fine. I'll give you a bold call. Ty Freak scores four touchdowns and Chiefs win the words. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay, so my bold call for the game. Uh, I don't know exactly. I mean, as Pete said, it's kind of hard to be bold on a two-game slate. I don't know how bold this is, but uh, I'm I'm calling a like a middle for the the Chiefs-Pats game. So I I bet the under at 57 and a half. I think this is going to fall to uh, as Sean mentioned, like 53. I think maybe even you know if it's like Armageddon snow, it falls to like 52 and a half. And so I'm going to say the the total falls within that middle range of like 53 to 57 ish. Like that's, I think it's going to fall in there. So I'm, I'm predicting that is like my, my bold call of grabbing the middle. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm shooting for, uh, for fantasy. I'm going to say Michael Thomas, number one receiver, uh, you know, coming off of great week, uh, number one, you know, in receptions for the season. Uh, And then of course in week nine, uh, just totally dominated the Rams. 12 receptions, 211 yards, a touchdown on 15 targets. Uh, Aqib Tlaib is back, so that is a, a difference. The the pass defense should be better, but uh, the Rams still, I don't think, have anyone who can really stop Thomas. And uh, Breeze is relying on him a lot. So as Sean mentioned earlier, I believe, uh, we we bet on him uh, last week to, uh, to have the most receiving yards on the slate. That paid off wonderfully. Uh, I will probably be looking, if not that prop, at least you know his his normal uh, his normal props to be looking on the over for uh, for that. Which brings us, of course, to the prop betting segment of the show, in which the odds maker sets lines for us. Sean, uh, we received right as we started recording this the email from Scott, the intern turned producer, <laughs> uh, who gave us the results from last week. Uh, it did not go well for you, my friend. Uh, you were nope. ten and twenty six. Ian, you you dominated the slate at ten and two. Uh, Pete and I were both eight and four. So for the season, odds maker, you are two ninety one to three eighteen. Our guests are 
111 to 95. Uh, I am 113 to 97. And Pete, you are 98 to 103. Sean, got kind of got to pick it up here a little bit. What do you got? Yeah, yeah, it did not go well last week. So looking to bounce back here. Um, so at quarterback, the first prop I got is which game will have the most passing yards, the, the Chiefs, Pats, or the Rams, Saints? Rams, Saints. I got Chief Pats here. I'm, uh, I'm riding my Jared Goff isn't going to do anything this week train until, uh, you know, he inevitably breaks the week's yardage record like Sean said. So <laughs> this is too simplistic. But basically, like, we have one game between two high-scoring offenses taking place in, like, such a high-scoring environment. And then another game taking place, even though it's two good offenses, taking place outdoors in a really negative environment uh, historically. So, I don't know. It's, it's very simplistic, but that's just the way I'm going to go. This weather is the hard part about this prop here on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, but I'm still going to take the Chiefs and Pats. I mean, here's one more thing. The Chiefs are so bad in run defense, and I think the Patriots in this game are going to be such a backfield reliant type of team that I could see them running a little bit more. Whereas the Superdome, I think both teams are just going to look to throw uh, almost right away. Yeah, that's a good point, Freeman. I mean, I know it's not a Sony game script game, but he did go 24 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns when they played before. You know, P- Patriots did build a big lead, you know, by, even by like halftime, third quarter, Chiefs run comeback mode there. So that might not happen again. But yeah, the league's 32nd ranked defense in rush DVOA there at Kansas City. I mean, we've seen Sony get at least 15 uh, carries a game, it seems like, on a weekly basis. So small slate could certainly happen. So uh, next up, uh, it's a prop that Bovada actually just posted while we were on air, and they have the same exact number. Um, but total passing touchdowns on this slate, over, under, eight and a half. I'll take over. Over. I wrote down seven and a half when we got this question, so I'll take the under. Well, you should, you should head over to Bovada right now. <laughs> seven and a half. And then the next one, I love the next one, especially with your Edelman uh, prediction. Okay. But how many different players will attempt a pass this week? Over, under, four and a half. Over. Over a, attempt a pass, yeah. Over, yeah. definitely over. Chase oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I should have made yeah. it, uh, completion. Damn it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Taysom Hill, you're right, uh, even a fake over. Player. I feel like that's a that's like one of the best EVs we've gotten all year. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> of course, of course yeah. the last time we said that, Sean ended up winning. Of course, <laughs> that was fine, Jason. Yeah, that was that was literally the only prop I won last week, so I take pride in that. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, in hindsight, I should have made this, um completed passes oh well you take the over on attempts for sure right yeah yeah especially after we went through like yeah Taysom Hill and yeah I, I should have made it completed passes that's my mistake you guys you guys probably won that one you, you hung a bad line yeah exactly <laughs> I'll, I'll eat it so next up at running back uh how many rushing yards will CJ Anderson get over under 36 and a half well, over. I wanted to take under but now you throw out 36 I'll take over yeah over yeah, I, I got like over on that. What was yeah. that? I'd I thought you'd throw out like fifty or something, and then I could take under. Yeah, you guys are too sharp. I can't. I can't pull that kind of stuff. Are, are you all three over then? Yeah, I'm thirty six for sure. Like yeah. a, he'll like, get ten rush attempts for sure. I think if if it's even remotely close, I think I think he'll at least be out there for. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think they're going to continue to work him in a little bit. It's been too successful. Yeah. Not to that's that's sort of my things. my disadvantage here is you guys kind of attack my number at once I, I would slowly move it up before it got to like Freeman like it probably would have been at 42 by the time it got to you all right next up will will Todd Gurley score a rushing touchdown yes I'll take yes yeah I'll take yes too so do you think if they if they get to like the one yard line do you think there's a chance they'll use CJ Anderson over Gurley that's a good I mean I think if he's on the field then they use him 
but um, I don't know. I think Gurley's going to see enough snaps, and I just kind of trust, like, his history of touchdown production. I mean, like, no one's gotten the ball more inside the, you know, 10-yard line over the past two years than Gurley has, especially this year. It's right. just been ridiculous. Yeah, I'm a Freeman. I think just whatever running back's on the field is going to get those reps. I'd, that'd be shocking if they took out Gurley around the five-yard line. All right, next up, uh, James White, total receiving yards at KC. Um, over under 54 and a half around 12 catches for him then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Over <laughs> under 11 receptions. <laughs> That's tilting as some context to this. We were low in, in our projections on him last week. And it was like this internal like confliction that I had because on the one hand, it's like, I never want to go against Sean's projections because like he's, he's clearly the best in the industry. And on the other hand, like the, the person who like pretends to know football, but doesn't really know football all that well in my head was looking at this game and thinking like, this feels so much like a James White game. Uh, and so like, again, this feels like a James White game to me. But, like, that is just – that is a high number for a running back for receiving yards. You, you bumped that up. I was looking through the sheet, right? Like, you had to bump that up. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bumped up quite a bit. But, yeah. Uh, but it's extreme. You know, it, it depends on the game flow. So, it wouldn't be crazy to see him put up 90, get phased out, and put up 30. So, um, uh, you know, this is a tough number. So, I, I just need your guys' help. I think, it's a good, I think it's a good number. It make, it's good enough to make me not want to bet it. But, I mean, I have to bet it. I have to take a side on this. Uh, I'll, I'll take the over. I, I think it's a James White game. Yeah, agreed. I'll take the over as well. I will say, I mean, we got the Patriots, the Rams, and the Saints as these backfields that are kind of using multiple backs. I feel most comfortable putting White and Michelle in the same lineup, I think, out of that group just because they do each have their kind of defined roles. We saw last week each of them got 15-plus touches. seems like, you know, even if it's not ideal game flow for one of the guys, uh, they have a better chance at staying involved than maybe, uh, you know, your Mark Ingram or – uh, one of these other games. So we'll see what happens. Edge life under, but I'm going to have a lot of James White. All right. Next up at wide receiver, Michael Thomas receiving yards. Nah. Yeah. You mentioned that you're going to hammer <laughs> the over. So I'm going to try to set this line as high as I, I, I can. myself here. <laughs> um, uh, over, under, I'll go 92 and a half. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the over just, you know, for the brand. But that that is a, a respectably high number. Yeah, I got over as well. Uh, he got shadowed by Marcus Peters in their first matchup, which probably won't happen this time around. But, I mean, Sean Payton can still line him up on Peters all he wants if that's what the uh, Rams want to do. So, I'll take the over. All right, next up, Sammy Watkins, total receiving yards. This one's tricky because of the weather, too. But I'm going to go with over under 43 and a half. Over. Over. Yeah, I got the over. I mean, I got a lot of respect for Stephon Gilmore, PFS number one cornerback. I mean, we saw last week Keenan Allen, you know, it's only one play kind of busted coverage and he already got over 40 on that so someone with walking speed give me the over and then last but not least brandon cooks uh, I, I almost feel like this line doesn't even matter because it's going to be <laughs> way over way under uh but over under 69 and a half yards receiving under under and that, so that doesn't include rushing yards just wanted to make that clear that's a good caveat there um man yeah i will I will take the under, although I really am just so tempted to take the over. I think the mean – I'll take the over on the mean, and I'll take the under on the mean. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the under. All right. On to the dumpster fire position, tight end. Not really much to work with here, but I'll, I'll go with the Travis Kelsey DK point prop. Over under 19 DK points. Over. Smash the over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going over. 
You don't make money betting against Kelsey. Uh, I'll take the under. Just kind of be contrarian. I think that's a I think that's a pretty decent line. And uh, as Ian mentioned, I mean the the Patriots have been able to uh, I wouldn't say like totally shut down Kelsey in the past, but like he hasn't really gone off against them. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the under there. Good. I need I need you guys to balance the book a little bit. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Next up, uh, will any tight end in the Rams Saints game outscore Gronk in DK points? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, let's get it. Josh Hill season. <laughs> and then last but not, I, I couldn't come up with another tight end prop, so I'm making a Super Bowl prop. What will be the opening total for the Super Bowl be? Over, under 58. Over. That's a good line. I'll say 58. Actually, no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying 58 exactly, but I'll say, I'll say over. I was thinking 59 and a half. Heard it here first. They, they actually um, – That would ball, be – Yeah, that would be the Chiefs Saints. If the Chiefs win, it'll be over 58 either yeah. way. Yeah, I'll take over. If the, if the Patriots win, Patriots-Rams is probably 57-ish maybe, I guess. Yeah, it would be 57 and a half. I, mean, I think regardless of what happens, the line probably won't be any lower than 57, right? Mm, I'd take under on Patriots. Uh, on that. Yeah, Pat Saints will be 53 and a half, somewhere around there. Really? Uh, Chiefs-Rams is what I'm rooting for. That would be – you know, yeah. yeah. That would be – over 60. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, Ian, what, uh, what pieces do you have coming out this week? Scouting these matchups later this afternoon, so be on the lookout for that piece. Matchup manifesto tomorrow to look at all sorts of matchup, uh, specific stats for these games, then wide receiver cornerback breakdown coming your way on Thursday. All right. Awesome stuff. Everyone be sure to check out those articles. That is going to do it for this episode of the Action Network NFL podcast. For Peter Jennings, Sean Corner, and Ian Harditz, I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt of the Oracle. See you again next episode.